Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. Okay, you guys, so I am so excited for the guest we have on today. Um, I think I started following Kelsey not long after she started Paper and Oats. I vaguely remember getting a guest post on my blog, and I have no idea how many years ago that was, but we've been following each other ever since. (laughs) We actually mentioned Kelsey in episode 66, where we talked about passive income for designers. So if you haven't checked that out, you can go hear um, a little bit more about what we said about her awesome business there. Um, She has been on our guest list, oh my gosh, from the very beginning, because She's done an amazing job at niching her business, um, and I'm really just looking forward to being able to chat with Kelsey today and just talk a little bit more about how niching made her even more successful in the long run um, before she kind of switched gears in her business. And also, Krista and I really want to dive into talking about burnout because it's something we have both experienced. Um, Maybe Krista had that a little more recently, (laughs) but uh, we want to do what we can to help others avoid it. So welcome, Kelsey. I'm so happy to have you on today. Thank you guys so much. I'm excited to be here. I totally forgot about that guest post decades ago, it feels like. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like decades ago. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> even know about that. That's awesome. But Kelsey, we would love to have you start by telling us a little about yourself, like how you got started with your business and kind of what your journey has looked like up until now and kind of what you're up to these days. Yeah. Um, well, I went to school for graphic design Um and I really didn't like school. <laughs> so I feel like the classes were not, I don't know, I just wasn't enjoying them, didn't feel like I was learning a lot. So I kind of dove into freelance design in college um, and started looking on Craigslist for free gigs <laughs> in the free gig <laughs> section, um, which I don't recommend now. It's a little creepier now, but um, it was fun to just like learn how to work with clients um, right from the start. And I just took on free work to build my portfolio. Um, And they couldn't be mad at me if I didn't know what I was doing because I wasn't charging anything. (laughs) But it was a great way to just like force myself to learn how to work with clients and, um, you know, learn design programs too in the process. So um, that was kind of my first taste of freelance. Obviously started charging after that (laughs) for work. Um, and after I graduated, I worked at a design agency for about five years. Um, and so that was really great experience too. And it was a small team of people. So I got to learn, um, work on like a lot of different kinds of projects and, um, work really closely, like with the developer on our team and directly with clients and stuff like that. So learned a ton there, um, kind of throughout the whole process. I had freelance clients on the side. They let us do that. Um, which was great. And they were really supportive of that. Um, 
and I also had an Etsy shop that I was kind of dabbling in a lot of different things at the same time. Um, and so I finally um, kind of all came to a head. Um, I was married um, and I went through a divorce and a pregnancy at the same time. Um, so that was a big turning point for me where I um, kind of always knew I wanted to transition out of agency work and do freelance full time, but I never really knew what that would look like. Um, and then once all of this stuff was happening in my personal life and things were changing and I had a daughter to take care of by myself, um, I kind of quickly was like, all right, I need to get this rolling. I need to actually put some stuff into action and transition out of the day job just because it wasn't making sense financially. Um, I feel like I was just taking my paycheck and giving it to childcare. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, and they were really supportive. I kind of, I worked right up till my due date at the agency, was building my business in the evenings um, when I got home and went on maternity leave and kind of slowly transitioned back into the agency, but at fewer hours um, and then kind of slowly transitioned back out <laughs> as my business was growing more on the side. Um, and so I was able to finally take my freelance stuff full time when my daughter was about six months old. Um, and it was a little bit after that that I kind of started hearing more about niching down and like how to um, focus more on like a certain type of design. I'd never really thought about that before. I was kind of like, well, if I know how to do it, I should offer it and I should just do everything that they would, you know, a client would ask. Um, and yeah, I could tell that was leading <laughs> to burnout pretty quickly. Um, and so I kind of, um, I think it was kind of by accident, but the more I kind of figured it out, the more I started pursuing clients like this. But I started designing a lot of stuff for digital products. Um, and those were, I feel like at that time, this was like 2015, early 2015, they were like first sort of getting traction and people were hearing about online courses and ebooks and stuff like that. And like, it wasn't really a thing yet. Um, so I feel like I got in on it at a good time um, and just happened to get a few clients that needed that type of work. Um, and so I got a lot of experience with that and kind of seeing the back end of like, how are online courses put together? And what are all the different design components that go into it? Um, like, what do they need design for? Um, and kind of realized like, nobody else offers this right now. There's not like a freelance designer that I knew of that cater specifically to people building those types of products. So yeah, it was really cool to kind of feel like it was a light bulb moment. And I kind of like abandoned everything I was doing at the time and like quickly put together these other packages that were specifically for people creating online courses or digital products. Um, and then kind of pitched myself as that type of designer and ended up getting a lot more steady work after that. Um, and then I also kind of at the same time was diving into online courses myself and creating one um, for myself and launched that later that year. And it did really well. Um, and that was kind of around the time I felt like burnout was kind of <laughs> coming into play again. Um, and I wasn't sure if um, client work was really sustainable in the long run for the type of lifestyle that I wanted. Um, I'm not like anti-client work or anti-service work or anything. Um, I miss it sometimes, but for me, it just wasn't working. Um, and so, and I really, really loved teaching. And so um, I kind of transitioned out of freelance work at that point, um, just slowly tapering off clients um, and putting more time into courses and teaching. Um, and so that's kind of where I am today. Okay. I love that. That was such a 
crazy intense story. And I um, actually something I didn't mention in the intro is that you just released a book about your whole life story with yeah. the um, pregnancy and divorce and everything. And I'm so excited to, I'm hoping to get that soon and read it because that is so intense as someone and Krista, I mean, we just talked about this in the episode we recorded um, like last week where taking care of a little one, a little baby, like with help is so hard. Um, so without help, it's like, I can't even imagine how you made it through that. And you're starting like your full-time freelance and all of that at the same time, like major props (laughs) to you. For sure. I can't even, I can't even process like the dedication and there had to be, I mean, I'm sure there were doubts, but I love the confidence that you had in what you were doing that you knew that was a transition that needed to happen. Like, I think that just says so much about, I don't know, you as a business owner and a person and the amazing things you make that you were able to able to do that and go through that crazy journey. Yeah, looking back, I'm sometimes like, how did I have the bandwidth <laughs> to do all that? But I think I mean, part of it was kind of survival mode. And um, I feel like I'm probably a workaholic anyway. And so it was a good like kind of place to channel grief and um, just a good distraction, I think, for that time of life and it paid off in the end for sure. Yeah, that definitely makes sense having a good distraction. So we won't um, stay too much on the sad kind of topic. (laughs) I will do a little plug for Kelsey's book. If you want to go check it out, we will have a link in the show notes. Um, But to kind of move back into our topic here, um, I know you don't work with clients anymore, and I'm sure some of our listeners are like, what? <laughs> um, but I think you're still a great example of a designer who ultimately niched your business, um, which is something that we're all told to do. I think um, at the beginning when we were first getting started, maybe not so much, but nowadays it's like niche your business, work like this. Um, so I'm curious if you want to share just a little bit more. I know you talked about this already, but what made you really say, I have so much fun doing this kind of design for um, business owners doing courses and I want to keep doing this um, while you were still doing client work? Yeah, um, I think my first taste of it, um, one of my most consistent clients actually was my brother, um, who also is an online entrepreneur, and he um, teaches about public speaking. Um, And so he was kind of building his first course at the time, and I was his designer and have always done his stuff over the years. Um, So I feel like I kind of got a good look into the back end of it. Um, and with a client who was very understanding and I mean, we're siblings, so it's kind of a different type of relationship than the normal like client designer. Um, so I could be like, Hey, what the heck is this piece you're asking me? I don't understand what this is for, or where does this go? Or how does this work with all the other pieces? And he could explain it and I wouldn't feel weird about it. Um, but I feel like once I kind of designed that whole thing, uh, like his whole first course, I was really excited about it and really enjoyed that a lot more than the other work I had been doing, which was more like um, business branding, um, pretty much just that, and like Squarespace websites, um, which felt like so much pressure to me, like to design an entire business's branding um, that they're going to use for years to come and like try to encompass this. I, I knew my business was like my baby. So it felt like I'm like naming someone else's baby. I don't know. It was really a lot of pressure. Um, and I 
that's, I think, where I was feeling a little burnt out where I was, I'm a people pleaser. So I was like stressed out about if they were going to like it or are they just saying they like it, but maybe they don't really like it. And I was always worried about that kind of thing. So like designing a course or a product within someone else's business felt like so much less pressure. Um, it wasn't like their entire encompassing business. It was just this one piece of it. And I could take what was already, you know, their branding and kind of experiment with it and try a different um, take on it for a product that would like coordinate with it, but it didn't have to match exactly. So I feel like I had more creative freedom with it and also just less pressure to have it be this perfect timeless thing. It probably, you know, is going to be redesigned later or whatever. It was just less, less of that pressure on me. I love that, that you were able to kind of, you know, look at that project you were doing and be like, oh yeah, I can do more of this and compare it to, you know, other work you had been, had been doing and be able to point out those places that you might, you know, not that you weren't necessarily as good at that, but that didn't come as naturally um, or as freely to you. Um, and it sounds like, you know, less pressure and more creative freedom were a couple benefits you felt as you started niching down. Um, but is there anything else that you experienced, even in terms of like, you know, kinds of clients you were working with? Or was there like a single benefit that makes you you know, feel like everyone should niche down now after experiencing it yourself? Yeah, I think it was easier to find clients too. Um, I felt like once I kind of established myself as like the designer for this type of thing um, or this type of business owner or type of projects, um, you could almost become the go-to person for that. Um, so I found that, yeah, kind of focusing down on one specific thing if someone was creating an online course and we're like, how do I design like webinar slides and how do I create the mock-up of all the iPads or whatever? Or how do I, you know, have these different pieces that maybe they hadn't really, um, it's not like the typical thing that they've maybe seen other designers offering. Um, but if they know, Oh, Kelsey's someone who does the like design for this exact thing, I'll just go to her. Um, I don't know, becoming kind of that go-to person within that niche, whether it's, for a specific type of product, like an online course or a specific type of client, I've seen people niche down and like only work with like, you know, fitness and health people or only work with beauty brands. I don't know. So even in that way, you can niche down and kind of become known as the go-to person for whatever it is that you're niching down to. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think that's something we've talked about before is um, that you stand out as a business owner so much more when you are niche down. And it does help you, like you said, find so many more clients because um, in your case, when you were offering that, I'm sure probably no other designer uh, was offering anything similar. Now there may be people who offer those kind of services. Um, but so then when somebody needed that, it was like, well, but there's one person that I can go to, so I'm going to go to her and, and that's it. And, um, I don't think that's probably as prevalent now. <laughs> Good luck to anyone listening to find one specific thing you can design that no one else does. But I think you made a good point that it's not even just designing one specific thing, but um, even if you can focus on one specific client, 
that can be really helpful too. That's a great point. Um, so I'm curious, do you have any steps? Um, cause you know, everyone on the internet, I laugh about this to myself often at like the four step system to accomplishing <laughs> this. So do you have any, um, steps that you recommend, um, for our listeners to take who may be like, I'm offering brand and website design because that's what I think I should do, but maybe I would do want to create more of a niche in my um, business. What would you, what are the, what's your step system <laughs> that you would recommend for people? <laughs> um, I think, I don't know if it's multiple steps or just one main step, <laughs> but the first thing I would do, yeah, that's totally okay, <laughs> is kind of look at like, what you've already done, what clients you've already worked with and projects you've already finished or you're in the middle of and kind of think about like, are there certain pieces of that that you were really fired up about when you were designing that part or like when you kind of looked out at the whole scope of the project where you're like, oh, I can't wait till we get to this one part because that's my favorite thing to design or to work on. Um, maybe like thinking about how you could turn that piece into something that you niche down to or working towards, you know, focusing on that specific part of the process um, or in the same way, thinking about just your whole kind of spectrum of different clients you've worked with, like who are your absolute favorite ones? Do they have something in common? Are they all from the same industry or at the same, like, do they have you work on similar projects or in a certain style that you really resonated with? Um, so I think kind of just looking back at your whole portfolio of work, and like finding patterns and things that you notice um, in the projects and clients that you really loved working with and that really like fired you up about doing design. I love that. And uh, I don't know, to give like a little context to our listeners, um, I guess I, I want to share a little bit of how I went from offering brand and web design to literally everyone on the internet to development just for designers. And it was exactly what Kelsey just walked us through is I started offering web design and branding or web design and development. I luckily didn't get a client, but tried to test project for myself. And I was like, I can't design. Like I, I love development. So I very quickly was able to go, okay, development is my thing. And then I started taking in those clients. And after, I want to say it took about a year, I was able to look back and go, oh, the projects I worked on with designers were amazing. Those went well. They lit me up. They were fun. The end result was amazing. I'm going to do development for designers. So I know I love that. That's that's exactly the steps you laid out. And I think it's something we can all, you know, everyone who has had clients at least can go back and look through those past projects and pick out little bits and pieces, like you said, whether whether it's the style, whether it's the client, whether it's the specific type of project. There are pieces you can start pulling out to kind of craft what your what your niche could be. Um, but I'm curious, Kelsey, what you would say to designers who are like newer, maybe haven't had enough clients to do something like that yet. Or if they're just at the point where like, I just need clients and maybe they're scared, they have them coming in, but are scared to start narrowing down because they don't want to like turn work away. If you would have any tips for yeah, that. I think, um, I think it's okay in the beginning to kind of take on anything and everything because you're right you do have to like figure out what you like by doing a lot of different things um it's like in college I guess when they say to like take a lot of different kinds of classes so you can figure out your major or whatever um or high school so I think yeah it's okay to dabble and try a lot of different things um to figure that out 
And like you said, it might come really quickly where you're like, okay, this type of thing is a for sure no, <laughs> or this type of thing is a for sure yes. And you could, you know, pursue that a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think taking on lots of stuff at first to kind of start figuring out that kind of thing is fine. And I think any designer you talk to has probably done that in the beginning. Just take what you can to pay the bills. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've definitely been there. I remember those first several years very vividly, anything and everything and as many projects as possible so I could help pay the bills and then <laughs> at night weep to myself that I wasn't getting enough sleep. <laughs> and I feel like that probably happens like even after you niche down, like there's going to be seasons where there's not a lot of work for whatever reason. And it's okay to dip back into other things. And maybe that doesn't go in your portfolio forever. Um, but yeah, sometimes I feel like I've heard people call it just your bread and butter work that maybe isn't your favorite thing, but it pays the bills and it's all right for a season. Yep. I totally agree with you. That's not something that we have talked very much on the podcast about, but um, I feel like I have been there and my last year, the majority of the clients I took were clients to pay the bills and get me to the next client that I really enjoyed working with. So yeah, for anyone listening, who's like, I just have a lot of clients right now that aren't fulfilling me. It's okay. You'll get, you'll get back to the dream clients soon. Yeah. Um, so let's transition a little bit more to the burnout topic because you've touched on it um, a little bit. And I mentioned in the intro that I know Krista and I have totally felt this in our businesses. Um, so I'm curious if you don't mind, would you share just a little bit about um, experiencing burnout in your business? Maybe specifically what, um, like what your schedule looked like or what your workload and the kind of feelings that basically if someone's like, I don't know if I have burnout, what they can, keywords they could listen for here. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like times that I have felt burnout um, kind of looking back at like different points in my journey where I can recognize that that's what was going on. Um, like when I was kind of just before I was niching down to just designing for digital products and kind of feeling burnout with brand design and websites. Um, and then there are times even now not working with clients where I feel sometimes burnout on just the courses that I offer and kind of unsure of like, I'm just going to go on and do this forever or is like, something going to change. I don't have anything new coming up or whatever. Um, I think patterns that I see is like when I have a lot of like really small, um, almost like admin type tasks that just take up a lot of time and aren't creative, aren't fulfilling. Um, maybe don't always feel like they're like moving the needle forward. They're just kind of like things that sometimes I have on my schedule that I really don't even need to do, but I feel like, Oh, I've done this you know, offered this specific thing for however many years, I need to keep doing it. That when I really step back and I'm like, well, is that um, to take from Marie Kondo, who's <laughs> so popular right now, like, is that sparking joy? Or is that like something that I'm enjoying doing in my business or something that's actually leading to more clients or more sales? And if not, like, I've kind of learned to just scrap it. Um, and I did this a lot, even just a few months ago, like kind of starting looking at the new year and, um, stripping out things that just weren't working anymore or had kind of run their course. Um, and that I was feeling like if I'm just keep on this hamster wheel of doing these same types of things, 
like that's when I start to feel the burnout. And um, if I can get rid of those things and inject some new ideas into the stuff that I know I love and I want to like bring some new life to, like that's going to help me avoid feeling that burnout. Um, and that could, I mean, I think those are probably looks different for everybody. Um, but for me, yeah, it was just seeing what are all these little tiny tasks that are piling up that I don't like, that I don't really need, that I can get rid of so I can focus my time on stuff that really does light me up. And sometimes that's so hard in the moment to be able to like recognize like through the crappy feelings that you're like, oh, this is actually the specific thing that's causing it and being able to narrow, you know, get rid of those things. And I think that's so important. And I wish it was easier to like check in with ourselves when that's happening, but I know it's so difficult to do. Um, but I agree that, you know, finding those little tasks and getting rid of them, you know, those tasks that are draining you can be so helpful and just finding somewhere else to put that creative energy. Yeah. Um, but for anyone who is listening, who, you know, has gone through this or maybe is going through it, do you have any tips for them on how to avoid burnout altogether or at least experience it less often? Um, I think maybe a, another good tip for just avoiding it altogether would be kind of building in time off and rest time for yourself um, away from anything work-related and away from email and computers. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a workaholic. I feel like a lot of online entrepreneur freelancer types are the same. Um, it can be hard to like turn off your brain sometimes. Um, so yeah, I feel like a building, like actually writing into my schedule, like I'm going to do like read a book tonight or I'm going to um, not work tonight and maybe work a little extra the night before to make up for it or something. Um, kind of like building in the time off and kind of forcing yourself to take it when it comes up and really actually unplugging, like not getting on your email <laughs> during commercials or whatever. Um, but like actually stepping back and resting your brain, I think is really important and something I've been trying to do more frequently right now. Yeah, I think that is such a good tip. I was just thinking actually, um, to myself last night as I grabbed my computer to do more work, um, after Emma went to bed, I thought, how does Krista read so many books? What am I doing wrong with my time? And it was, I'm grabbing my computer after Emma goes to bed instead of grabbing a book. Um, and right now, that's yeah. the season of life I'm in. Um, and we're going to, Krista and I are going to talk about this in a different episode for those of you who are listening. But um, it is still very important to have time where you're not doing that exactly like you just said, because when you're working all day long, and then you take a break to eat, maybe watch a TV show on Netflix, maybe you're watching Marie Kondo's series on there. <laughs> um, and then you grab your computer and get right back to work until midnight. It's those kind of things that do end up leading you to burnout and just not enjoying it. And um, it kind of, I, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like ultimately everything that is leading up to burnout kind of shows through my business. Cause ultimately I end up not posting on social media. I don't post anything on my blog. It's like, you know, <laughs> I'm burnt out. If you see me disappear. Yes. <laughs> That's so perfect. And I was just thinking like, I feel like sometimes a break like that can also almost trigger burnout, like giving yourself the time to like think about something other than business and then trying to jump back in. And it's just like, no, 
you know? So I feel like that built-in time that you were talking about, Kelsey, can be so, so important. Like give yourself a day or two off between design projects or schedule a day off or don't work on a weekend. Like, I don't know, that kind of stuff can just do so much to at least experience it less often. I feel like, you know, Corey, you were talking about seasons. I feel like we're all going to have seasons where we end up working more for one reason or another and sure we might get burned out. Um, But if you can at least attempt to build in that rest time, it can do so much to at least lessen it a little bit. Yeah. I think like listening to, to like your body or like your brain and like how you feel too, as you're working. I know I have days where like, I can tell I'm just like procrastinating all day long and I'm just not getting to the thing I actually need to do. And I'm doing all these little things to like take up time. Um, And when I recognize that happening, I'm like, I just need to like close it, shut it down for the day and come back like with a fresh start tomorrow. Cause it's, yeah, I think that's another like indication of like, you're not enjoying what you're doing. Like you're, you're just finding things to keep you busy from doing what you actually know you need to do that you obviously don't want to do. (laughs) So like stop trying quit and just start back tomorrow or take a day off and start the next day or something. I think that's helpful too, to just like be aware of those instances. Yeah. And I think too, just kind of to continue this conversation here, I know this is so long, you guys, and I'm so sorry. Um, but another really good point you just made is listening to your body, like your actual, how you feel, like if something hurts or if you don't feel good and that sort of thing, because I've seen from so many people that I've been following for years and years and years who I never would have thought they were burnt out, but they're coming out now and saying, I was experiencing some crazy stuff in my business when I was working all the time. And it was manifesting physically in that, you know, I was in pain. Uh, I couldn't, I had migraines. I couldn't even look at my computer, things like that. So Um, there is one way or another that maybe if you are starting to burn out and you just don't feel well, it's not even necessarily totally, I think, um, like what we've been talking about in your work, maybe if you don't enjoy it or you're procrastinating or whatever, it it could be like your body is saying, Hey, I can't work like this anymore. And since you are working for yourself, this is me getting on my high horse, my ranty soapbox. (laughs) Since you work for yourself, you can take the time off. And make sure you feel better. And that's very important. You guys, please do that. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good reminder. (laughs) You controlled your rant very well, Corey. (laughs) I'm working on my rants for 2019. So Kelsey, (laughs) where can our listeners go to learn more about you um, and the courses you offer and your awesome new book and just kind of keep up with you online. Yeah. Um, my website is paper and And then most of the time you can find me on Instagram, paper and oats. That's kind of the main place I hang out out there. All right. Awesome. Well, you guys, we will have links to those two things. And like I said, a link to Kelsey's awesome new book, which I hope we can all read together in some kind of virtual, <laughs> not real book club. Um, and Yeah, I hope everyone enjoys this episode. And Kelsey, we had so much fun talking to you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. 
While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.